Hi everyone, Robbie here. I'm pleased to announce my newest novel, The Other. It's a possession story that I'm describing as The Exorcist meets The Notebook with a battle between a lifetime of love and an evil from hell. Here's a brief description. Can love triumph over evil from hell itself? Donald Leal is slowly losing himself and Beverly, his wife, is trying to hold on. Diagnosed with Alzheimer's, Don's mind is falling apart. Married for 40 years, Bev will happily shoulder the burden of caring for Don. But it's more than just foggy thoughts and forgotten memories. Something dark lurks behind Don's eyes and drives him to despicable action. It calls itself the Other. When it's in control, Don changes into something unrecognizable. A stranger in their house who laughs at trauma and relishes in death. Bev soon realizes her husband isn't just facing dementia. Her husband is possessed. The other delights in pain and misery and feeds off the love between Bev and Don. It surfaces more and more, hurting Bev whenever it can, and she desperately searches for a way to cure her husband. As it pushes Bev closer and closer to the breaking point, she must answer a terrible question. How much will she sacrifice to send the other back to hell? The other is out now with a link in the show notes to get your copy. On to the show. Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. I love superheroes, and this is not really about superheroes. It's more about superhero movies and how they get made and how awful everything is, and it's just terrible and awful, and I hate everything, and just, it just yeah, I'm going to go cry in a corner now. That's incorrect, man. This episode is about nothing. I don't know what... There's just nothing. It's just nothing. It's just garbage that's all i i'm i'm buckle up everyone all right i don't know i was not i'm not, i don't think i'm gonna i hear i'm not in a good mood i'm gonna say that right off maybe because i had to watch i watched this episode that might be why i'm in a bad or, mood or possible possibly because you're drinking uh this weird uh sparkling water it tastes delicious man this is the only thing keeping me sanity in check today okay all right just because you only like a uh, diet caffeine-free soda like a grandma i don't want to hear I don't want to have to sleep at night, okay? I just, I don't, I could drink an energy drink, go right to bed. It's just, I'm, I'm broken, man, okay? That's what I'm telling you. Hi, we, we are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. It's like our name, the podcast name. You just do that after patreon.com. You can go there, support us, get a bunch of bonus podcasts out of it. Tons and tons of stuff. Um, this week, this week's episode is the first of season 21 that we've made it to season 21 i've been told that season 21 is better than season 20 i don't believe it i don't believe this episode the boy uh this episode homer the whopper episode labf 13 originally aired september 27th 2009 written by seth rogan and evan goldberg you know it was those, written by them? That says that's what it says, Matt. It says that they wow, wrote this okay. episode. Those guys, they wrote uh Super Bad. You remember that? Super Bad Pineapple I Express. Do. They produced Knocked Up. I think they're they they do they produce the boys now on on Amazon. Um at least Seth Rogen does, I'm pretty sure. But please never come back to the Simpsons, Seth Rogen. 
That'd be my yeah, my, my, my one plea. Never write for The Simpsons ever again. If it truly was written by them, my suspicion, this is my true suspicion, is that The Simpsons, that the that Seth Rogen and, and Evan Goldberg came up with an idea, an outline, and they kind of, and they wrote maybe like a loose script, and then it was kind of drummed up. They, you know. They did the writer's room thing where they handed off to the Simpsons writers and they kind of fill in the gaps. Yeah, and then the Simpsons writers punched it up, quote unquote. Quote unquote. And then they, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg were probably extraordinarily busy and went, and they looked, glanced at it and went, oh, that's fine. Sure. What's wrong? Um, this episode directed by Lance Kramer received a 4.6 rating with 8.3 million viewers. The chalkboard gag, the class hamster isn't just sleeping. Okay, cool. Uh, couch gag Simpsons arrive at a subway station where the subway doors open and reveal their living room. This is fine. Couch gag. It's all right. Best thing in the episode, I would say. Yes. Well, I don't know. Something kind of say early on is all right. Um, yeah, early on it's okay. After that, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a guest star, Seth Rogen as Lyle McCarthy. Is Seth Rogen? I like. I don't. I. I. Okay. We're gonna get to Lyle. Um. I. I hate Lyle. Uh. You know. In all ways. Uh, Matt Groening briefly guest stars as himself, which I hate. Uh, and we also, we briefly get Kevin Michael Richardson as a security guard. Who is that? Kevin Michael Richardson uh, is a, I, I want to say that he's like a journeyman voice actor that at this point in the show was basically brought in to play random characters. Um, later on in the show, he, let me see, I'm going to see if I can get a list. Right, yeah, they he is so he started work on The Simpsons basically at this point, and he has come back to voice Doctor Hibbert, Bleeding Gums Murphy, basically all the black characters that Harry Shearer used to voice. Okay, well that's good. I mean, that, that is yes that that is much yeah. more recent. That's like the basically since last season of that season thirty three from whenever. Anyone and anyone in the audience is listening to that, but this is basically when he starts this in two thousand nine. I forget if he. I think he appeared in some season twenty episodes because this is all. There's also this, this. Technically, this is the season twenty production run, so we might not really see any big difference until we get to the proper season twenty one production run, which actually covers half of season twenty one and half of season twenty two. We'll see. Um, whew, boy. Okay. Okay. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get through this. And to be fair, episode does, the, the beginning of the episode is okay. The, the brief beginning of the episode. So well, the inciting incident basically is where it gets okay. Once you get Homer involved, it just all goes downhill. Yeah, after Act 1, basically. Um, the last the 14 minutes of the episode. So we we cut to, we cut start the show. Episode begins with Bart and Milhouse at, at the comic book store. Uh, they are trolling comic book guy. Bart is seemingly an expert at it because he goes in and immediately questions if Spider-Man was a comic book character before he was in a movie. This sets off comic book guy into kind of a manic rant, which I did not capture because I hate it. Um, I'm on the record of saying I hate all this gatekeeper stereotype they use comic book guy for because it just feeds into i believe it perpetuates behavior that i don't appreciate but they see that comic book guy well comic book guy goes to the back room to cool off they are stooping around on the counter and they see comic book guy's own superhero the one he created uh named every man and we get a kind of a the the, the action kind of 
jumps from uh, Bart Millas reading this comic that I guess comic book guy both wrote and drew. I mean, the art does look pretty bad, so I believe it. They're reading it, and it kind of jumps to a just a us watching the action of the comic book, not anyone reading a comic book. And we learn about every man who is the the hero. Every man absorb he gets powers by absorbing the, or copying the powers out of any comic book hero that he touches. I guess like he just touches an Iron Man comic. We see this explicitly in this scene. We see he touches an Iron Man comic and he turns into like a facsimile of Iron Man with all his powers. And then he fights crime. Um, We leave this little vignette with every man saving the day and Bart and Milhouse telling comic guy that actually they like his comic. You made this? Shut up! No one is interested in the critical judgment of a worthless child. Actually, I like it. You what now? Every man is awesome! Reading it, I escaped from my troubles! Now they're back in spades. Have you shown this to anyone? No. If copies got out, it would be ridiculed by the online community. Son of Son of Spock, the Dork Knight, I killed Kenny6475. Don't be afraid of them. They're just lamos like yourself. Two of them are me. Very well. I shall self-publish. How many issues have you written? Ooh, uh, just 335, including the controversial number 289, featuring the death of Marmaduke. Ooh. It's a lot of issues. It is a lot of issues. I... I'm... Okay, I'm gonna do my... What's your your main complaint at this point? Let's just start with that. (laughs) I'm gonna... This is... I'm gonna... I was about to say, Matt. I'm going to I'm going to let all of this slide because at this point Bart and Milhouse convince comic book guy he should publish this book. This is good. You should publish it. And self-publish it. They explicitly say that. And um I've never self-published a comic book. Only self-published novels. But I know people who have self-published comic books. Um And he's written and drawn 300 issues, 300 plus issues of this comic. Is that what this episode of The Simpsons is telling me? Basically, I mean, it's a labor of love. And we we don't know that these are traditional 24-page comics. Maybe they're like eight pages each. That's still, it's just, I'm going to let all this, that's what I'm just going to, I'm going to make a brief mention. Uh, This is impossible. None of this would actually happen. Uh, But to be fair, the things that are actually impossible later on are way crazier than this. So this is only, you know, mildly impossible. Uh, The fact that Comic Book Guy has written and drawn 300 plus episodes, 300 plus issues of comic book. Uh, He hasn't been alive long enough to do it, Matt. Like, literally, that is my, like, it's just a matter of it, unless he's Jack Kirby. (laughs) Like, unless he's literally Jack Kirby, who he can't draw that fast. There's just, it doesn't exist. That person doesn't exist on earth. Um, and the fact that he's inst okay, okay. He self publishes and he's an overnight success. How? And again, nothing. It doesn't work like this. If you're self publishing anything, it's very, very, very rare that you're going to have an over an overnight hit like this. I don't know how it would work. Comic books aren't even that popular. Like, I'm, well, again, I'll let all this slide. Because this is like I I'm this could like this stuff isn't that isn't it's okay like the idea of comic book guy and like comic book guy has they've they've managed to write comic book guy in the past as an actual character not just a cartoon 
which we have the new episode, the season 34 episode we reviewed to our Patreon, is about Duffman. And I went on a rant about how Duffman's a cartoon. Still is, to this day. Like, you've never made him a character. Comic book guy has broached into that territory. He has become a character. He's not just a cartoon. He's not a caricature. So, Everyman's actually an interesting enough super, superhero creation. I think it could speak to, like, it, it could be fun. Like, it, he reminds me a little bit like a Gwenpool, you know? Like, it's that kind of meta superhero he would be able to be a superhero by copying other superheroes and you could speak about the nature of, of of a lot of things and i don't expect them to talk about it at length in this episode in this episode but i do there is it's there and i think that oh this is actually a comic that could have legs i don't buy any of this but it gets so much worse later on that i'm like fine because it's an overnight hit this is where we get matt graining throwing bundles of bongo comics into the back of a truck talking about how rich he is and this is where it starts matt this is where it starts why is matt graining here because he created the simpsons so obviously he needs to pop in okay it's just this this is like we're not this is not there's no sense of reality at any point this is all there is not a sense of this here after basically after this point when we get the first meeting with a studio head there is no sincerity in this episode. Not even a little bit. None. Zero earnestness. No sincerity. No human behavior. This is a facsimile of The Simpsons. It's a parody. You want like this? Whatever this is, it's not a Simpsons episode. We've said that before. This is an egregious example of it. I don't know if it's because they let Seth Rogen and Evan, Gold Evan Goldberg write this and they are like, hey, who cares? I want to do what we want to do. It'd be fun to talk about superheroes. I don't know. But this isn't The Simpsons. I don't I can't. It's not recognizable to me. And there and the thing that irks me the most is there's just no sincerity. There is not any true. There's no feeling in this. There is no empathy. I don't care about anything that's happening because why should I? Like, what is this? Who are these people? I don't recognize any of them. Um, like, in it's at this point, like I mentioned it specifically at this cutoff point, because it's at this point where we cut to a studio executive meeting. And there we see a, a conference table and a guy going, ah, we need new movies. There's no new ideas. And then his kid brings him a comic book. He brings him every man. And he says, we should buy the rights to this. And then we're informed that a different studio bought the rights weeks ago. And then we cut to comic book guy two weeks ago talking to the studio. And why is this scene here, Matt? Well, Robbie, because this is very obvious that comic book guy has to be uh, giving terms. Otherwise, there's no way they would ever no, fix it. No, 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 no. This, not the scene with him actually negotiating with, with the studio. The scene prior to that, where we see a studio... Has, oh, that I have no freaking clue. I just what? That makes no sense. It's just it's just there, all. and it's just it's not the only thing. There's just many scenes in this where you're like, why is this here? There's no laughs. I did not laugh at any time in this episode, Matt. I did. Did you laugh or check oh, in? No, no. I I I I was angry. Um, uh, there's multiple scenes that made me angry. Um, I don't mind the scene with Comic Grand Studio. That makes enough sense to, to actually for us to watch. I even pulled a clip. We at Ginormous Pictures are incredible fans and think every man would make a fantastic movie. Oh, really? 
the way you thought Stratego would make a good movie. You'd expect us to believe that a Red Scout would date a Blue General. Guh-faw. Hey, don't blame us. Brett Ratner had final cut. I'm well aware of who had what cut. Let me get to the point. It is not money I am after, or women. I know that is impossible. What I want is to pick the actor who will play every man. No can do. Thank you. But we never give thank you. They'll laugh us out of Hollywood. I repeat, thank you. <sighs> Fine. You got it. Thank you. <sighs> I played hardball with Hollywood. The closest I will ever come to playing a sport in my life. <sighs> Why this war comment? Just, why? It's, I can't, like, I don't know, Matt. Every joke in this episode is extraordinarily lazy, so why not? It's just, like, the laziest uh, jokes. So, the comic guy demands to pick who will play every man. He wants, he wants final choice on the cast. Okay. There's interesting directions you could go with this. And, like, if if he is our proxy to... Touching about superhero and superhero adaptations and comics. Okay, I like all that stuff. I'm honestly, Matt. I am a audience, perfect audience for that. Like, if you do that well and intelligently and funnily, I will enjoy it, or at least respect it and go, "Oh, okay, that's pretty interesting." Um, enter Homer Simpson. This is like the worst case of Homer must be the main character at all times because immediately we go to the auditions and uh, we start with Krusty. Wherever there's a crime to be solved, I will be there to solve it. And there's more, but my fax machine ran out of ink, so I can't read it. Do you know why you can buy ink for an Amiga brand fax machine? Thank you. That was great. You want to see it any other way, like Sad or Brooklyn or Richard Nixon voice? Pess. But I already bought a boat with the money you were going to pay me. <laughs> Come on, comic book guy. You've got to pick someone. We've already read three people. Don't you latte-sipping leeches understand? I've seen enough of these Hollywood super hunks. We need a dumpy, unappealing loser. An everyman. Can you help me out? I need change for a dollar. Oh, I also need a dollar. You are acceptable. Great. Do you want to see me naked? Oh, there's no nudity in this movie. What movie? <sighs> so Homer is now our main character. Don't worry, Matt. I know we are going to start doing an episode about someone else, but don't worry. Here's Homer. Yay. I'm so happy about and that. I'm gonna I'm not gonna call it we're not gonna call it every instance of this, but there are many, many instances of gags that are here only because people who wrote this episode experienced them in Hollywood. Like this gag about casting someone. They're, they're like there's and I hate it every time they do it. I hate these in in meta industry jokes. I never find them funny. I didn't find them funny in the golden years. I always thought those were mostly the weakest episodes. The ones where we talk about the industry. I'm like, no one cares. I don't work in Hollywood. No one's watch no one watching works in Hollywood except for the nine people who work on The Simpsons. Why who are you writing this for? There's many jokes or jokes, I have air quotes there, that are 
explicitly there for people who work in Hollywood. And those are the only people who find this stuff funny or relatable. I don't care. It means nothing to me. I've never had to cast someone. Like, what? what? Okay. We go to commercial, seven minutes and 46 seconds. No, let's not do that. Then I have to talk about this. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Matt. You get most of this episode. I'm really happy about it. Fine. All right. So we go back to the family uh, sitting at the table, the Simpsons family, in case you weren't sure what show this was, because so much of it has been comic book guy and nerd so far. But Homer is just absolutely dying uh, to tell us, uh, the family, about what happened. So he completely ignores everyone else and is a complete jerk. Shocking. Let's go around the table and everybody say one amazing thing that happened to them today, Lisa. Well, I qualified for the National Math Theater. Great. Marge, go. Guess who the Garden Club elected president? You. Awesome. Next. No, I lost. Eh, they can go to hell. Bart? Dr. Hibbert found out my thyroid isn't pumping out enough. Time's up. Okay, Maggie. Suck, suck. That takes us to me. <laughs> Some Hollywood idiots hired me to star in a movie. Whoa. <laughs> So, yes, we are back to jerk Homer, who doesn't care about anyone but himself. Uh, That's pretty much the end of the family showing up in this episode. The rest is just Homer and occasionally Marge being impressed by Homer's uh, muscles. That's that's pretty much it, though. Yeah, Homer is is, uh, a jerk. Homer is a jerk. Great. Homer is a jerk. Makes me like him. Stays that way the entire time. Yep. Not. I don't know why I should care about anything Homer goes through. Nope. So. This is where we're at. Mm-hmm. So the executives show up. Homer meets with them. They want Homer to slim down, a la Chris Pratt in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, of course, they're concerned that comic book guy uh, won't like this, but oh, that's okay. He went Hollywood, so he doesn't care. He's got a uh, an orphan uh, with assistance and that sort of thing, so he just it doesn't matter. Comic book guy is basically out of this episode until the very end because we don't need him anymore because we're about to have Hollywood jokes instead. The first one being Seth Rogen. Uh, what was the personal trainer's name? Lyle. Uh, Lyle McCarthy. Lyle McCarthy. Ugh. Yeah. So he shows up and basically gives a whole bunch of Hollywood speak. It is very obviously Seth Rogen doing the voice. Uh, and he's just pretending to be a, a slimy Hollywood douchebag who badmouths other clients. Uh, that's just... That's it. There's nothing else to it, yes, Matt. There's no other. There's no other layers to this. There are at least a dozen jokes... Where the joke is, this guy's slimy. This guy badmouths yeah. clients. He makes fun of Toby McGuire or who, like you know, it's just that you're like, what's what is the joke? Again, I don't deal with the I I don't live in L.A. guys. Like I don't who who is this for? The people who work in the industry, obviously, and people will think it's funny because he's dumb and stupid, and that's funny to some people, like I, Seth Rogen and Evan Colbert. I, I, I don't know. Like I, again, who is this for? Also, this scene meant they censor Homer on Disney Plus. Oh, really? Hmm. Uh, it's really strange because the, I'm fairly positive. Uh, it's about, and they're talking about. I think they're talking about Homer's eating habits. Like, what do you do to you know enjoy yourself or whatever? And Homer says at one point, you don't always have time to masturbate. Originally, he, re- he said that. But on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. they censor the word masturbate. Which I mean, is, I guess The Simpsons is probably rated for kids accounts and they just have to cut out something. Or I, I, I have a feeling like I've they've said he said Homer has said that before on Disney Plus with no problem. I have. It's very strange. Like, it's not a was on network television like it it was on 
at eight o'clock yeah, exactly. on a Sunday night, whatever. Um, man, I need you're gonna have to hold me back metaphorically about this because this is the, okay. This this training stuff, this montage stuff, is so incredibly stupid. So we start off with Homer starts a training montage. Doesn't want to listen to Eye of the Tiger because it's too played out. So he goes to David Bowie's Heroes, uh, but that makes him too tough. Uh, so we skip the montage uh, and no, cut to I, I think it's I, like I, a month later. Okay, okay, now here, Matt, we're gonna I'm gonna stop and pause. I'm not trying not to do this too many times. This is but but this is the thing I hate the most in this entire episode, and it is very emblematic of everything it does in this episode and everything this episode does wrong. Okay, so this is the big example. Okay. Homer, we have Homer, who's our main character at this point. Homer's our protagonist. He's just been cast to star in a Hollywood film, a superhero film, and they need him to get him in shape. Okay. Um, at this point, this is where I'll say they've already done this episode. It's called Radioactive Man. It's 10 million times better. It actually makes jokes about Hollywood and the in 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 movies and filmmaking and acting that are funny and funny to people who don't live in LA and regularly deal with slime balls. Like everyone gets these jokes. Everyone understands the jokes in Radioactive Man. They work very well. And they use Simpsons characters to tell the jokes. Rainier Wolfcastle is a Simpsons character. They don't rely on the guest character called Lyle McCarthy to be a slime ball. So Radioactive Man's a million times better than this. This also is a little bit of uh what's the uh why well, can't I think of the name of the episode with the with uh, the, the the Homer climbing the mountain, the murder horn, and the, the energy bars. Oh protein bars. King of the mountain or something like that. It might King of the Hill might be actually be King of the King Hill. King of the Hill, yes, King of the Hill, yeah. Just make sure. Yeah, that's episode with uh, Brendan Brendan Fraser in it. With mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser with the, the Korea Renaissance all of a sudden, which I'm very happy about. Um it's a little bit of that too, with Homer getting fit, that kind of thing. Because that's in this here this like that's this this is a mess. This episode is not about superhero films. Like cause it turns into Homer having to be fit for a while. And like this just and we just get jokes about Homer being fit here. Regardless, I digress. We have Homer and Lyle talking at the dinner table, and this could be an interesting discussion. could be about why Homer eats, why Homer is a, a, addicted to food and has bad eating habits, and why he's overweight and all that stuff, and how do we defeat that, and why we're going to do that. And you can make that, and it's just like, I find that interesting. I am... I. I'm it's very interesting to me what like you watch all these super these these Holly like Chris Pratt you mentioned or I would an even better example to me is Camille Nanjiani who yeah that's true who is the person that I actually uh, is someone I like as a person which you know that doesn't apply to Chris Pratt uh and who is in a like a the Eternals like it was like a kind of a B Marvel movie it's not their top tier heroes stuff and he's not even like i don't know he's sort of a main character not really and he's gets incredible he got incredibly jacked for it and it changed his entire life around getting super super jacked and why like it's like why does he did he need to do that really and like that's an interesting question like and having like an everyman like homer having to go through that same kind of journey and like going, why am I doing this to myself for, um, for this movie? You know, like why am I changing everything about myself? And like, on top of that, it's like, why does every superhero have to be incredibly jacked? Can't some superheroes just be kind of fit? Like, do they have to be completely cut all the time or can't they just be strong people? I mean, like look at, uh, I mean, I think the go-to is, uh, Michael, Michael, 
Michael Keaton in Batman 89. Oh, yeah. Like, that movie works without him being an incredibly jacked dude. Um, but that's, they don't, they abandon that right away. And they have their, but they don't have a conversation here. And they don't, they don't, they don't talk like humans. Like, they talk immediately, they go into, Lyle goes, it's time for your training montage. And, and, and he's like, what's, we'll play it, we'll play Eye of the Tiger over your training montage. I'm just like, no, that's played out. I want David Bowie heroes. And then he goes, he starts doing jumping jacks to heroes and stops. And he says, Oh, this is, it's too hard to, to do this to heroes. Let's do something else. And then, and then, like you said, Lyle says, let's just skip the montage. And they cut to a month later and Homer's fit. What, what on earth is going on here? Like they are literally, this is literally what's happening in this scene. It is Homer, a fictional character and Lyle, another fictional character played by the man who helped write the episode talk about how they're going to show time pass in the episode and then end up saying, Oh, it's too tough doing it in original way. Let's just cut to a month later. And I can't, I can't, Matt, I cannot say how much I hate this. Like, this like well, this is incredibly stupid. It's like the whole joke is about montages and how stupid they are. And yeah, we know that you you don't have to like. It's just a waste of time in the episode. It like it is it as bad as like some of the horribly offensive the racism, transphobia, homophobia that we've seen in the past five, seven, eight seasons of The Simpsons. No, of course not. Uh, no, of course it's not but... as bad as that. Of course it's not. But I hate it. It is. Because it is, again, it is just eminent. Like when I point to, when people point to why the Simpsons stopped being good, I, I will, I, my number one, I think I've decided this, at least as it stands today, through season, the first episode of season 21, my number one reason with a bullet why the Simpsons got worse and appreciably worse is this, this type of thing. It's, I've mentioned it before, I'll say it again. It's there is no left. There's no sincerity here. They are not writing Homer like a human who is having a problem, who is being cast in this movie and has to deal with the issues, which is the thing that all of us. One of the reasons we all love the Simpsons so much is we connected to the characters, not just Homer, but the entire family and all the supporting characters to Skinner, to Flanders, to Krusty, to, to Edna, to, to Patty and Selma. All of those people, we connected to them. Apu. I could, you could, I could go on. Like, that's the thing. Like we connect to them because they are written like humans and we can empathize with them and you use them as real humans to then insert layers to analyze, analyze things, talk about issues, talk about Hollywood, talk about themes, etc. This is, there is no, there's not a point in any of this where Homer is being Homer Simpson. This is just the writers. This is just uh, Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, and the writers' room just writing jokes to, to, to it's like to make themselves laugh. Like it is the most self-indulgent garbage in the world. And as a writer, guess what? I also write self-indulgent garbage. I generally will cut it. I generally will go, "Oh, that's too far. That's only to make me happy," and it, it stands out like a sore thumb. 
I don't mind if a writer writes something self-indulgent if I don't really notice it. But the moment where in, there's an this is an entire scene that has no function. It does nothing except makes jokes about training montages and is basically just staring at the camera the entire time talking about training montages. It's just I'm having all that is happening is a writer having is he's telling it's like basically watching stand up. There is no Simpsons anymore. This is not Homer Simpson. It is a Simpsons writer telling, doing stand-up about training montages and playing Eye of the Tiger for 10 seconds and then David Bowie's Hero for 10 seconds. There is no context that makes this make sense. What am I watching? What am I watching? Something very boring and stupid. It's very, it's very boring, Matt. It's very stupid. I hate this. I'm done. And Robbie, unfortunately, is going to get worse. Ah. <laughs> okay. So uh, during the, the training montage at the end, of the, well, not during the montage, but after we skip forward in the montage, Homer's not skinny yet, but he's starting to get muscled, which is generally how it works. Uh, the trainer gets a call from Toby McGuire. He's a jerk to Toby McGuire. There's jokes about having too many writers on stuff. It's just incredibly dumb overall. I think at one point they say that, oh, M- Maggie and Mr. Teeny are now working on the movie, which, okay, whatever. Again, this is jokes. Uh, this then, is these are Hollywood jokes. Like they're making jokes they about this, and they go on forever, Matt. They go on forever. This, this the, the Toby really Ma- long the Toby McGuire bit. Oh my lord, it goes on forever. It, it's like a minute, several of, minutes. Uh, it seems uh, yeah, forever feels like eternity. It does, unfortunately. So, unfortunately for us, we have to keep going. Uh, we find out that Marge really likes muscled Homer, and in fact, could actually get her arms all the way around her and touch her other arm on the other side, which frightens and confuses her. Homer uh, likes being a star. Uh, he gets to, uh, you know, basically have an easy time of it, uh, which is not the way it actually works in Hollywood, but let's go with it for the sake of the episode. Uh, he gets to have his friends, uh, you know, uh, gets them jobs. Oh, so we see Lenny and Carl uh, as part of the episode. Uh, and they're both really happy about that. They're being uh, murdered. They, 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 they die. I, I will say that. They die. Like, you know, they're, they're that's innocent bystanders. One of the very cute, the only very few moments that I went, oh, that's cute, is when Lenny, we see Lenny and Carl and they get featured parts as being, Lenny being crushed by a rock and Carl being eaten by a shark. That's mm-hmm. like one of the few moments I got joy from this episode, Matt. So I'm going to call it out. I would absolutely agree. You're right. Uh, but unfortunately for Homer, at this point, Lyle comes back to abandon him. Homer! Homer Sapien, can I have a word with you? I know this is a bad time, but I'm leaving for another gig. Is that all this temporary job was to you? A gig? Don't take it personally, home team. But how will I keep from overeating? Just remember what I taught you. But you taught me the only people who can stay thin are those who can afford $5,000 a week nutritional consultants. I've taught you well. Goodbye. He's gone. One cheese cube couldn't hurt. Oh, this other cheese cube stuck to the first one. Well, that still technically counts as one. Mm, It's bad luck to eat an even number of cheese cubes. Don't look at me! (laughs) Don't look at me! You, you watch! 
Sorry, everyone. I had to hear it, so you did too. Uh, so that was Homer going absolutely nuts on a pile of cheese cubes. And uh, that's it. We go to a commercial of Homer completely falling off the wagon. Oh, boy. Um, they again, they and and also meant they, I will like here a very perfect example of why episodes that they've done already done that already have these kind of same ideas are done better is King the Hill. In King the Hill, we see Homer work hard, we see Homer go to the gym late at night, and we see him slowly get stronger and in better shape. In this episode, they cut directly a month later where Homer is in better shape. And then inexplicably, when he's with Marge there, he is in incredible shape. He is in, like, he is that jacked hero shape. Yeah, the jacked slim hero where you yeah. can see all the abs and everything. Where it, where it's very, very difficult to have both be incredibly muscled and have very low body fat percentage. Uh, it's very hard for any human body to do that. It requires an uh, incredible amount of uh, <coughs> steroids to get there. Um, <laughs> no, Robbie, it just requires working out like 13 hours a day and I mean, barely it, eating. It requires that too, but also very few people have the genetics where they can have 4% body fat and also be incredibly strong and muscled. If you see people yeah. like that, I hate to tell you, I, I don't think anyone, I mean, if you're believing that fairy tale, get there. It's fine. I don't care. They could take steroids. It's fine. But that's what's happening. Um, and again, that would be the thing you would talk about in this episode if it was actually about that. But it's not about anything. And because we didn't see Homer struggle to get into this shape when he's inexplicably just starts falling off the wagon, like Matt said, and starts eating, a, shoveling pounds of cheese into his mouth, it means nothing. Because we don't care. We didn't no, see the struggle. We, we don't care. And because it, it the episode has to, has wasted so much time on other crap that Homer falling off the wagon immediately has to happen. We can't show it be gradual at all. It's just all of a sudden Homer's back to being fat. Yeah. Okay. And, and again, what is this episode about? Is it, it like they act like it's a general parody of super making a superhero movie, which guess what? I've never done that in my life. I've never worked on the production of a superhero film. So if these are if that's supposed to be the appeal of this, okay. Um, act three begins. Fourteen minutes and forty nine seconds. Homer is just regular Homer again. He has managed to gain back what, like seventy five pounds in the span of like Within, yeah. a week. Most movies are, are are filmed over the course of what a month, Couple maybe months. two. He has gained seventy pounds. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's nonsense. Um, production is falling apart because of that fact. Homer is um, like, you know, he he's gained so much weight. He can't fit into the, the wardrobe anymore. Uh, everything is uh, becoming a mess. Homer wants to get back into better shape. And so we have a scene where he goes to a poo. Also, they're filming this movie in, in Springfield. Apparently. I mean, maybe not. We, there's just a whole bunch of Springfield people in it. They have. They're and filming. And keeps going home at the end of the night. They're filming in Springfield, man. That's the answer. Uh, that is just, it's inexplicable as well. Like, remember in Radioactive Man, how big a deal was it that we got a production to come to Springfield? Mm-hmm. Because, of course, they wouldn't film in Springfield. Why would they? It makes no sense. But they don't care. They don't care. They just do it because they just don't want to, they don't want to think about it. They don't want to have to write around it. They're lazy. It's lazy writing. Lazy. Um, Homer goes to a poo, gets buttermilk from 1961, just it just so he can throw up. And the, the the crazy thing about this is this this scene takes a minute minute and a half, never goes anywhere from here. We never see any of this again. 
it doesn't there's no purpose to this it is like the the the, the reason this scene exists ostensibly because it doesn't advance character it doesn't advance plot because homer doesn't get skinny again and it doesn't matter that he if he gets skinny again it doesn't change anything about the episode the plot is still the same. You, this you excise this scene from the the story. You still get it makes perfect sense. You don't lose anything there. The only reason this scene would be here, Matt, is because it's very funny. They get we have this scene. It's very funny. Let's conclude it. Let's keep it. It's funny. I I if you are one of the few people, if you laughed at this, if you laughed at Homer drinking disgusting what rotten buttermilk. And then throwing up all over the inside of the Quickie Mart. I'm glad you have joy. You're part of the problem. Matt's a little (laughs) bit not as nice as I am about it. Uh, I found it awful. It's just disgusting. It's just, there's just, it's just gross. It's just vomit. Like, what's funny about that? Like, it's family guy jokes, Matt. This is family guy. This is like the, let's take uh, Ipecac syrup as a family and just throw up everywhere. That's the joke. Um, So finally... We get to the. I'm so happy. My my acts are short. Homer. Uh, <laughs> it, we get to the final scene of the, the of Act Three, where uh, both comic where comic book guy shows up to try and intervene in, in the mess that is the production. And Homer, hey, look, he's finally back. And Homer is too fat to get out of his trailer. And action. Mm. Uh, what? Cut. Where's Homer? In his trailer. He won't come out. He can't come out. This film is an embarrassment of Jarjarian magnitude. As the writer, I demand to express my opinion. Ooh, I'm afraid that's not gonna happen. I see. Well, I respect that. And Vulcan Death Grip! Hollywood Ponytail Yank! (laughs) My only sin was believing in George Clooney! I mean that's that that's a pretty decent sin, honestly. I, I like I again I what's the what's like I don't understand like my only sin is believing in George Clooney. Is what is that? I mean, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't even know. Like it's so divorced from like it means what it was a momentary reference to what George Clooney was bat was it about the George Clooney Batman. Is that what we're? Is I this guess. what this is referencing? This is in two thousand nine. <laughs> this is after the Dark Knight has come out. If that's what this is referencing, after that, after the Batman, George Clooney has made respectable prestige films. I don't know what's going on. Uh, we go to commercial at seventeen minutes and eight seconds. And when we come back, uh, thankfully, there's a really long, stupid sequence that makes this quick to get through, at least. Uh, they fix it all in editing. Uh, so we get a very long collection of scenes of them but basically trying to edit around the fact that Homer's fat in some scenes and thin in other scenes. Like It, it goes on for, what did you say, Robbie, two, three minutes maybe? I, it, I mean, yes. That is – it, it feels – again, Matt, it, I, it's hard to judge. It feels like forever. It feels like I'm trapped in that – it feels like I'm trapped in Groundhog Day, you know, when it's just that scene where it's just watching them make a single joke – from a minute or two, it takes a long time. It takes a very long time. There's just a scene of Homer jumping through the air at a bad guy that has to be at least 20, maybe 30 seconds. Uh, just switching back and forth between Homer in the air fat, Homer in the air thin, and even the bad guy being confused by why it's taking so long. So the movie is terrible. Everyone pretty much hates it in the test screen. 
Uh, the trainer shows back, Lyle shows back up and says, oh, sorry, Homer. Uh, I had to, you know, go train this other person. Uh, I think it was Turtle from Entourage, who sucks. Um, and uh, promises to train Homer to get him, him skinny again. Uh, and then we go to the actual ending of the episode uh, where the uh, studio execs promise to uh, give a whole bunch of stuff to comic book guy if he will tell uh, his fans that the fo- uh, that the film is good and that they should go see it. Look, comic book guy, about the movie. We know it's not great. Yeah, the projectionist hung himself with the final reel. But you created every man. Your fans will think whatever you tell them. If you put the word out that this movie is good, we'll let you direct the sequel. You would let me direct every man to Rise of the Revenge? Absolutely. All you have to do is tell your army of internet dweebs to go see this movie. Hmm. Sell my soul for Hollywood lucre or stay true to my lofty ideals. Every man, the motion picture is the culmination of a lifelong dream. And I was one of the few who saw that dream realized on screen last night. If there is one fault to find with this $200 million production, it is that this is the worst movie ever. And send and sip. And that's basically the end. Uh, comic book guy uh, retains his integrity by telling his fans the movie is terrible. Uh, also, they're going to let him direct. So he, now he's a writer, artist, and director? Like, come on. No, no. There's a reason Stephen King went into writing and stopped directing things. Those are very two completely separate uh, skill sets. There are... Um, hey, okay, Matt. First of all, Exorcist 3 is written and directed by the same man, and it's a great film. That's fair. It can be good, but it's very hard to be all of those. And writing comic books generally does not translate to directing feature films if you would written a screenplay maybe but... I, w- I would love to see alan moore try and direct a movie uh even if it was terrible oh my uh, god I, I, that, I i want to be able to set every day that happens that sounds amazing i would watch the movie like I, it might be bad i don't care i'll watch it anyway uh, um I, again that's the thing I, I again it's just a thing like it's just like when i was talking about earlier in the very first act where i'm like i'm gonna let all that slide like none of it makes sense. None of it's realistic. Like not even close to real. It's uh, you know it's there's no way that comic book guys made that many comic books, and certainly he's not going to be an overnight hit by self-publishing them. Like how? Who's his publisher? Like it, like if it was today, he, oh he he got Image to publish it. Okay, sure they will distribute. Like if you put yourself published, even if you got somehow into Diamond previews at the time. No one's going to order your comic. No one who knows who you are. You're not going to sell anything and then you're going to disappear. Like, okay. Um, again, it's just, they say it happens. So it does. That's all this is like in the fact Basically, that, yeah. and why would they want him? Okay. My, like that again, comic book guy shows up here again, all at the end. Like, so it's comic book guy stuff at the very beginning of a wide swath of Homer in the middle and then comic book guy again at the end. And what is the theme? What is this episode about? What are, what is a, what are, a, what is a character arc? Comic book guy theoretically could have one because it's him being disillusioned with Hollywood. It was superhero film, but the, this episode is not about that. This episode is 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 around that. There's a lot of superhero film stuff, film stuff happening, but like it's a joke about Maggie writing the script or punching up the script. There's a joke about a trainer being a jerk to Tobey Maguire. It's a joke about bad editing to cover up a the star who's gotten flabby. 
but what is this about? Nothing. It says says nothing. It's about nothing. And every that scene I highlighted earlier with the training montage thing, where they just talk about if they should cut to a training montage, like they're the directors or creators of this show. That's every that that irony. I, I this dreaded cursed irony is everywhere in this episode from beginning to end even the stuff that's more palatable with comic book guy frankly at the beginning and the end and and the very little bit of relatableness that we see with homer as he's trying to deal with the his eating issues which is very again very small everything has this sheen of irony it's not real isn't this funny that we're making jokes about this thing instead of just making a joke I this episode I hate it. I don't it, I like I don't think I am equipped to uh, like I think a lot of episodes Matt I can objectively state this is good. This is bad. And like this is a bad episode, but I hate it. It hits every single one of my pet peeves in fiction um and it it does it in a property that I love. So I don't know. I hate this thing. I'm glad it's over. I am too, honestly. This is just so dumb and pointless that I, I I'm so glad that it's over. And I don't have to think about it anymore. And and like they're literally the quote. I want to like they are quoted. Seth and Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg are quote unquote obsessed fans of the show. You sure? Uh, the Scully years, maybe because this does give me some Scully vibes. No, 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 no Matt. That's the thing. Um, we're gonna talk more about this when we rank it. Um, I laughed at Scully episodes. Okay. There are Scully episodes I thought were fun that I enjoyed. All right. This episode is, it's, it is the worst of everything. Like it's just, it's boring. It's nonsensical. It is empty. Like it has no cohesion. Like it's just the only thing it doesn't have. I'll give it this. It's not racist. It's not homophobic. It's not transphobic. That is true. Yeah. It has that. That's all it has going for it. it. I hate everything else about it. I'm going to rake it at the end of the show. Robbie, is this episode broken or just incredibly stupid? No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Ah. I mean, of course it's broken, Matt. Of course it is. (laughs) Like, it's not even, like, it's not, there's no debate in my mind. Like, some episodes I go, eh, you know, what? eh." There's not a debate. Like, of course it's broken. Because it's just in pieces. Like, it literally... If you like the metaphor for this episode is like someone just hands you a sandwich that has been chopped into a thousand pieces and tries to claim that it's a sandwich. It's like here, this is a ham sandwich. I'm like, that's just a bunch of pieces of small pieces of bread and ham that are a little wet from mayonnaise. They're like, no, it's a ham sandwich. I'm like, no, it's really not. No, it's not a ham sandwich. Um, this episode is broken. Um, I, I, it's good. This is a one of them. I don't know. I. I'm of the rare I'm I would put this in the rare place where I don't want to make this. I don't want to fix this. There's I don't want this. Whatever this is, it it's not compatible like they already did the Simpsons version of this with Radioactive Man. That is literally what that episode is. And they literally the fit if you want to go instead instead of going to like instead of it's like a parody of Hollywood superhero stuff. Instead, you want to go to fitness, Homer and fitness. That's King of the Hill. It already exists. <laughs> King of the Hill, like, and you could probably make King of the Hill better. Like, King of the Hill's not a perfect episode. 
It's not as good as Radioactive Man, but King of the Hill is still enjoyable and still does it says a lot more than this does about the fitness stuff. This says basically nothing. Um, and that's my problem. There's nothing in this. There's nothing to salvage. Like some of these episodes we've done recently are bad, but you're like, oh, there's a seed. There's no seed in this. I want to nuke, nuke this. Scorch, scorch, scorch earth. Glass the planet. I don't want to save this. I don't want to fix it. <laughs> like, wh- what is there to fix? There's nothing. It, there's like, it's again, if someone hands you a, sa- a ham sandwich that has been chopped into a thousand pieces, can you make it a sandwich again? No, you cannot. No, you put it in a bowl and throw it. Or you th- just, this is what I'm going to do. You throw it in the trash. Yeah. You throw it in the trash. And you go to your deli and get yourself a new sandwich. I'm so I've just I've been steaming all day, Matt. I'm steaming about this. All right, we can move on and go spit in a bucket. I got nothing. I get nothing nope, from you, I'm Matt. I'm done now. I'm done. Oh, I'm not responding to that anymore. Oh man, I thought I could get you one more time. So sorry, Robbie. We, uh, it's my fault. I mis I miscalculated. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments of the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Constant News Group is where I ask our patrons over there at patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show, which I've already mentioned. You, too, can join our parade of pain, our cavalcade of calamity, and watch these episodes and leave your review. Appreciate everyone who does take the time to do it. First from Tim, first seven minutes or so of this episode were better than I expected. Certainly the idea of comic book guy creating his own superhero. Being somewhat ashamed of it, checks. But once Homer is brought into the fray, this became unwatchable. Felt like we're back in season 18, when if Homer wasn't on screen, the writers would contract some horrible disease. Forecast, forecast rank of 360, that one's part 280 for the first third, 400 for the rest. Not canon. How do you fix this? Well, that's easy. Since he wrote it, why not have comic book guy be every man? Not saying that would make this episode great or even average, but it would provide for character development instead of having Homer shoved in our face yet again. Uh, from JJ. This week on bad versions of episodes from Golden Years, Radioactive Man. I agree with Tim. This episode had potential when it was about comic book guy before Homer came in out of nowhere and hijacked the plot. Thought it was going to be about comic book guy having a fight with studio execs who kept trying to make changes to a story, like actual satire of Hollywood adaptations. But that doesn't happen. Comic book guy insists on choosing an overweight actor, but then just disappears and allows them to put Homer on a diet, defeating the entire purpose of every man being an average guy. And it becomes the same Homer can't stay in shape story we've seen a million times before fizzling out into nothing once they hit the 22 minute mark. Next from Derek. Remember last week when you were like, what's his name wrote wrote this episode and then never wrote for the show again? And you're tempted to be like, and thank God. But thinking about it, does it matter? Does the writer of these shows even mean anything? Because this is ostensibly written by guest writer Seth Rogen, and yet it still just comes out the same brand of algae pat- patented bland, nondescript slop. I think the show's biggest hindrance, where it, w- where it once was its greatest strength, is the writer's room because their collective voice is what comes through loudest. There's nothing here for me. It offers nothing fresh, nothing new, and nothing of interest. We've got Radio Active Bands, why- so why do we need this? Good question. Uh, from Dara. Fantastic question. Uh, lastly, from Dara. Pretty much up to the dinner scene, I was digging this episode. Guess who the Garden Club elected president? You? No, I lost. Laughed out loud. Then the rest of the episode was weird and uncomfortable. But so far, the best episode of season 21. Well, can't argue with that. <laughs> I agree. Indeed. Um, that's it. Thank you all for leaving your reviews. We do. I do appreciate you. Uh, I and Matt, we, are, we understand the pain, okay, that you all went through to watch this episode. You probably are 
I, I'm really hoping you had your phone with you and like you could go on and like, just distract yourself from a little yeah, bit. Maybe yeah. you know, scroll something that made you happy. Yeah, like have a instead of this. picture of kittens ready, or um, maybe you go to kitten turns on Instagram and look at those cute pictures of kittens to distract you. It's true. We've yeah. got a very cute intern. He's a good uh, personal trainer. Wink, wink, wink. Kitten turns Instagram. Next up, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week. What is your favorite season 20 moment? There's just so many to pick from. So is many options. Always, uh... Uh, thanks, everyone, for answering. Matt, take it away. All right. From Tim. In the middle episode of season 20's Treehouse of Horror trilogy, Untitled Robot Parody, we're treated to an opener parody in the opening theme from Mad Men. I thought that was especially well executed. <laughs> Thank you, Tim, for that barely there moment. I mean, the, uh, I was, you know what, Matt? I'll say this. There's some joke. We can get some joke answers, but they worked for him. It wasn't just when it ended. Oh, you absolutely. Know? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, for Matt, I think the best thing in this season is the Charlie Brown parody. To this day, I still enjoy the short segment. I remember watching season 20 live every week and enjoying it. While rewatching and listening to you both, all I have to say is, Wolf, thanks for continuing to push through this tenuous log. Cheers to season 21? Maybe? <laughs> uh, from Derek, I'm really struggling to think of an answer. With such an abundance of Irish stuff this season, you'd think I'd be spoiled for choice, but this ain't season 8 caliber stuff we're dealing with here. So these those jokes are actually things I'd put in the hate category. And uh, the pumpkin treehouse of horror segment looked nice. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> oh, uh, from Dara. I know it takes a while for her to come back, but I'll give the first appearance of Maya as my favorite moment. Add in that it was a tolerable episode for the most part, and that counts as a win for season twenty. I, I, hey, uh, you take it where you, you take those victories where you can get them. Maya, exactly. Maya, exactly. Maya, Maya is. I'm not gonna. Actually, I'm not. Maya, Maya is a good part of the show. I was gonna make an unfortunate height pun but luckily Ooh. i caught it before i said it so maya thank is, you Robbie. maya thank is you. good yes all right uh from jj the scenes of lisa bonding with juliet and lisa the drama queen even if there is too much josh groban is there ever really too much josh groban really i mean uh, matt we're entering the time of year <laughs> yes Oh, yes. that's right. You you sometimes have to listen to radio. I I don't ever hear Josh Groban even this time. I of mean, year. not Matt. It's not anything to do with the radio. It's you. I I don't know. Maybe it's I just I were my family, my extended family. We get lots of buble and lots of the Groban the Groban with their Christmas music. <laughs> the Groble, the Groble, and the buble. That's their couple name. <laughs> OTP. All right. Next up. From at Bort ATX, it's the Grand Pumpkin Millhouse, it's top tier trials of horror, and an outstanding parody of the source material. All you have to do is overlook the racist pumpkin jokes. You are correct there. Uh, from at Yes, it's Aaron, not a lot to choose from, but I'll guess I'll go with the in memoriam video from the crossword terminal of words dropped from the dictionary. I do still say skedaddle, however. Who doesn't still say skedaddle? Skedaddle is a fantastic word that you can't say enough. I prefer scram, but you know. Are you both? I, I when I tell somebody to get out of my presence, I always say scram and skedaddle because it just it, it really brings it on. Uh, from at H Castle 09, gotta say my mo. It was so cringy that it was almost semi enjoyable. Bring on twenty one. That's sarcasm if you couldn't tell. Thank you. Uh, from at one thirty eight bit, my favorite thing about season twenty is that it was released on DVD. None of the seasons after it have a physical release, and I wish they did. You are not wrong about that. Uh, that was the one nice thing. I I ripped my season twenty episodes directly from the Blu-ray. Uh, after this, they're all downloads, and 
they all have all kinds of weird little issues. That makes me sad. Uh, next up from at Smells J, Sex Pies and Videotapes. <laughs> uh, for Matt, hippies 200 Haha, <laughs> good one, guys. Hashtag jokes. I mean, we try. Thank you, Jenny. Uh, and finally, from Matt Brian J. Field, it's a tie between Lisa being bored with the incredibly complicated puzzle in Gone, Maggie Gone, and Homer's apartment hunting in Waverly Hills 9021 Dope. Robbie, what is your favorite season 20 moment? Oh, boy. Um... <laughs> I kind of like I wanted like I have two answers. I have a genuine answer and a trolley answer. I'm going to start with my trolley answer. Uh, It's Steve Buscemi's weird face. Uh, (laughs) That's my that's my trolley answer uh, because I generally did enjoy the Steve Buscemi episode more than probably most people do. Um, Even despite the fact it's a stretch as a Simpsons episode. But my true answer, I think, is it was relatively popular. Was it was the, the, it's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown, um, or it's the Grand yeah, Pumpkin Millhouse really, parody. You know, like it's, the, it's it is really good. It's 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 not great, but when you look at everything else, it's clearly the most interesting. It it does a lot of fun stuff with. I mean, I I like peanuts a lot, so of course I like Charlie Brown a lot, so of course I'll like that a lot. But it, I think it it is truly my true answer. Um, what is your answer, Matt? I'm gonna have to go with Maya. I felt like she was a not fully realized character, but almost there. The kind of thing we ask for a lot, and it's a lot closer. I mean, uh, our new episode for this week to plug the Patreon uh, was about Duffman, and the problem with that was that they didn't make Duckman into a character. He's still a caricature. And in, at least in the eeny meeny Maya Mo episode, they made Maya into a person or at least got most of the way there. And that is obviously something we want to see done more and more because, you know, the, the, the side characters, the background characters in Simpsons are great. And they, they take the time to do them. Well, they can be very interesting. And one of the nice things about this, Maya comes back and we get to see her again. And, Probably the reason I like her in this episode is because that happens and we get some more history with her and she becomes a more fleshed out character. So the only reason I like it is because I know where it goes. If this were straight up had season 20 having just come out, probably wouldn't like it as much. But that's what I'm going with. Um, Maya's also, yeah, I agree with everything you said. Maya is still, Maya is good. Um, that episode is better than it could have been. I think that's my general thoughts of like, oh, that episode could have been the the dirt worst, as I've said. It is not. It is just kind of mediocre, and they have some good character moments. Like, it's not great, and it could be a lot better, but there are moments in it where you see that potential. I think they do capitalize it better. There are my episodes later on that are better, and I think you don't have it unless you bring her in in the first place. And it's not, they don't do only little people jokes. They do other, there's moments in there where you're like, Oh, that's, (laughs) they do moments where it's like, Oh, that's clever. That is subverting the, the tropes. And that's what I want from Mm -hmm. the Simpsons next week. We we need one note characters. Yes, precisely. There's plenty of them. Um, To be fair, most of the family has become one note characters at this point. Uh, Next week's question. What is your favorite comic book guy? Quote, I have asked, we have asked this question before. I know we have, but I like the quote questions. Uh, if you've answered before, you change your answer. Use the same one. I don't care. It also gives new listeners a chance to, to chime in, give their answers. Um, favorite comic book guy quote, I post on our social media, Twitter at Simpsons Pod. You can email us at Simpsons at gmail.com. 
And uh, you can find this answer the question on the Patreon. I post it publicly. So as long as you're just logged in on Patreon, you can answer it. You don't even have to support us. I don't It's fine. Although you should. It'd be nice. We appreciate it. We'll say your name on this podcast. We'll say your name and you can complain about The Simpsons with us if you want. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard. Try and stump the other. Matt won last season, but guess what, Matt? Guess what? Today? What, Robbie? Blank slate. Clean, clean, Bill. Uh, Both of us are at zero. World is my oyster. A world of potential and opportunity lies in front of me. It does not come crashing down like it does at the end of almost nearly every season. That's true, and I'm pretty sure I went fairly easy on you today. So I don't we'll want. See. I don't want to hear it. All right, I don't want you. Hear it. Give me an easy question. All right, your easy question in Radioactive Man: Who gets chosen to play Fallout Boy? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't, that'd be. Uh, this is gonna happen. <laughs> fall, you're at, who's plays Fallout Boy? Is that, is that your question? Yes. That'd be that's, Mil- that's my that'd question. Be, yes. That'd be Millhouse Van Houten. You are correct, sir. I'm I'm just really good with uh, trivia. Your easy question, <laughs> Matt. In Radioactive Man, the movie, <laughs> who is cast as Fallout Boy? Well, that would be Millhouse Van Houten. You'd be correct. Good job. I don't think right, Robbie, I don't I don't think we've if we have even any of our <laughs> fumbling questions that are similar. I'd be very surprised. All right. All right. What is the name of the knockoff radioactive man, and what is his catchphrase? One point for each. Ooh, I believe it is radioactive dude, and I believe his catchphrase is up and let's go. Well, you got the catchphrase right. It's radiation dude. Radiation dude. So I'll give you one point. I mean, I'll take it. I'll take it. I ain't going to look. You know, you don't kick a point out of bed. <laughs> you don't kick that point out of bed. Okay, Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, how many issues of radioactive man are there? I believe, Robbie, that there are 814. Yes, you're correct. Of course you're correct. What's my hard question, Matt? Your hard question. uh, What uh, animal do they paint to look like a cow on camera? A horse? You are correct. Yeah! It's a banner day. I got a hard question, right? (sighs) All right. Matt, your hard question. It is hard. This is, but you'll get partial credit depending on how many answers you give me. Mm-hmm. There are five answers, five correct answers, and there's potential okay. for bonus points if you get all of them. So you can Whoa, potentially okay. get more than three points if you get if you get all of them right. Your hard question: What news groups does Comic Guy check for news? Check for news. Okay. Um, it's like I will tell you in exactly. Like 15 minutes. Um, okay, it's, it goes to... displayed on the screen, and you see a list. In one, there's one screen cap. It's him sitting on the computer. You see a list of all the news groups. He regularly checks for news in, the, in those news groups. Not meaning actual news, but he keeps updates on those news groups. So what are they? Okay. Honestly, the only one that I remember is alt.nerd.obsessive. That's the one he says out loud. I don't know any of the ones that are on the screen. Okay, Matt. Well, here's the list. The, I didn't even include all that nerd out obsessive because it's it, I, I, the, that's not one he regularly checks as, as far as we know. But I'll give you credit for it. 
Um, okay. The other five. Alt.binaries.pictures.erotica. Of course. Rec.arts.startrek.fandom. <laughs> Rec.org.mensa. Of course. Can't forget he's a member of Mensa. He is a member of Mensa. Uh, Rec.games.corewar. It's Core War. Mm. I'm not familiar with that one. I don't, I don't know. I, some of these are made up. I'm presuming some of these are news groups that the writers at the time actually visited. And finally, alt.comics.radioactiveman. Of course. Now the question is, do you get a point for alt.nerd.obsessive? I mean, I think especially since you missed it, I think I should get a point. Is that well, How does that work? Uh, because it's one he obviously checks because he types it in in the episode. And somehow you didn't include it in the five. I, I think based I, on that alone. I, I know, but that uh, you're mad. I don't understand. Just because I didn't include the super obvious answer, you should automatically get a point, Matt. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, absolutely. Because you missed something. Well, but that'd be the... I'm correcting you. So you correct? if I correct you, I, I get, bon- you get bonus points? Yes, that's correct. If you find out that the answer that I have provided is, in fact, incorrect, which has happened before, you get bonus points. It's just the way it works. But you've only gotten one out of six, then. If there are six of them, that's only one out of six. That's not very good. I mean, it's not. Uh, you said there is partial credit and that, you know, there's potential for bonus points. So I assume the bonus points for anything over three. You'd be wrong in that in that case. It would. <laughs> it was definitely not going to be bonus points for if you just oh, if you got okay. four. I'm only, I was gonna give. I was thinking I'd give you a point for each two you got, if you got, or for each the first four you got. Whatever. I was gonna, I was playing it fast and loose. I'll give you. I'll, you know what, man? I want you to remember this, okay? I want you to remember this moment. I'm being nice. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you a point, okay? I appreciate that. Robbie. I'm being nice. I will try not to make my questions too hard for you. I mean, if I get five points every week, I'll be happy. That's not going to happen, though. The problem is I'll get five <laughs> points now, and then next three weeks I'll get one point uh, each. And that's, that's not good. That's a bad That's a bad score. Um, that's it for trivia. I am currently leading five to four. I was leading early on last season, too. Guess what happened? Mm. The, the inevitability that is Matt Ham caught up to me. <laughs> he is. Happens on occasion. He is inevitable. Um. That's it for now. We can move on to our final segment, a segment we end every single episode with. It's time for Best Episode Ever. Best Episode Ever. Best Episode Ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Uh, I want to first this thing is I a do, tough one. It is a tough because one. It's just bad, but it, it's not like offensive. Uh, first thing I want to do is give a shout out to at 138bit, who also... It gave us a listener question and answer, but 138-bit has been, uh, over the years, been um, give, doing a little bit of stats on our rankings and giving us giving an average of where we rank an average episode of any season and s- seeing where we lie. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, Matt. I did retweet it on, our, on, our, on, our, on The Simpsons Show uh, Twitter, um, but season 20 was by far the lowest on average. What? No way. Yeah, I, not super surprising. Uh, it's 18, 19, and 20 are all there at the bottom. 20 is, I think it's 20, then 18, then 19. Uh, all there lumped at the bottom. And I just hope 21 is above those three. That's really my only hope. So far, I'm not super positive that's going to happen. Uh, I don't know where to put this episode. I do know that I hate it. You're right, Matt. It is not offensive, except to my uh, my tastes as a Simpsons fan and as a writer myself. Um, 
but it is not offensive. However, it is bad in every other way. It is not funny. It is dull. It is. It does the same plot as two other episodes that do it much better. Um, it is. There is not. A, it, it it has lots of things that I hate in my Simpsons, and it does many of them. Um, I think it does go above. It's not in the the the. I think our our what Bart Mangled Banner, I believe, is our like that everything that at Bart Mangled Banner and below has a degree of just awfulness awfulness yes, like yes. just the the utter dregs the pits of being like combinations of lazy and messy and unfunny and dull and offensive you know they almost all of them have most of those things if not all of them i think it is above that 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 pile but other than that i don't want to this matt here i'm gonna this is another a banner i you know i do find joy of this matt because i'm gonna call it out every time uh, friend of the show, Andrew Bloom's least favorite episode is The Frying Game. I think this episode is worse than The Frying Game. Hmm. I was actually thinking that, but I'm like, mm, I don't know, because I, 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 I was re- looking at It's a Bad, Bad, Bad Marge, and I would rather watch that than this, even if that episode's really bad. I would. That's when I'm like, I'm looking at The Frying Game. I think Frying Game's better. I think I think those episodes are better than this. This episode is is awful. Um, Old Yeller Belly. Yeah. <sighs> That was real stupid. He loves to fly and he does where Homer gets fired and then just pretends he doesn't. That's also quite bad. Crook and Ladder where Homer becomes a firefighter and they just steal stuff. I'm going to say I think this is worse than Crook, Crook, uh, than Crook and Ladder. I would completely agree. I was actually looking. I for, What is I Smoke on the Daughter? Smoke on the, I, I think Smoke on the Daughter... Smoke of the Daughter is the um, is Lisa become, dances and she smokes. Or the all the girls no. smoke. It's very no. bad. I I think I think it smoking the daughter is worse than this. I, I think I, so too. I, I think smoking the daughter is worse. I would put this right above smoking the daughter and right below crooked ladder. Like it, it is down here. I just hate it. Uh, and this is our list. Uh, so we decide where things go. So that's a, you you concur, Matthew. I absolutely concur. And also, what uh, we're, we're, as while we're here, we haven't talked about this. Homer the Whopper. What is this referencing? Like, I understand the pun. Like, yeah, home I have no of, clue. I reference. I, re- I understand home of the Whopper is the pun they're making, but it's Homer the Whopper. But I don't know what that means. That's for sure. Homer the Whopper is at new number four oh three on the list, right below Crook and Ladder, right above Smoke on the Daughter really that's really bad that's a really low spot uh but i hate it so it deserves it um that is a new number 211 on the post golden years ranking the best and worst episode of 20 season 21 so far so far so far um number one on the list still homer's enemy last place is still codependence day so it hasn't quite got there hasn't dropped to that level not yet at least um we have one more thing to do before we leave before we go we have one more thing to do, one more question to answer. The question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! I mean, yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. Is there, there's no doubt. No doubt at all. There's no reason for this to exist. <laughs> no, no, no. Goodbye. Fire the cannon. Ow. I went to wave goodbye to the, the episode and I hit my hand on my desk like a dummy. Um, 
<laughs> the episode is hurting you in all new ways. Yeah, physically this time, literally. Um, so goodbye to Homer the Whopper. Um, goodbye forever, honestly. Well, the only time we'll ever mention is again when we go, which one is that? Oh, it's the superhero one for some reason. <laughs> Seth Pretty Rogen. Sexy. Seth Rogen's in it. Um, our, we're going to ask the same question about all of our episodes as we slowly work our way through all of them, working our way down from the top of the list. We're number 115, Matt. It is Burns's Air. Uh, yes. So hard, yes. This is like one of my favorite Burns episodes. It's a good episode. Burns's Air is good. Uh, definitely. It's a good episode. Solid. I think that's where we're at. Most of these episodes were like, oh, they're solid. They're funny. They're good. They have good character. Of course they belong. That's all. It, we're over 100 episodes in. 100 episodes deep in our list, Matt. And, of course, they're still canon. Not even a doubt. And probably won't... I don't think we'll have doubts for another 100 episodes, probably. Probably. Probably 100. It's probably right there. Maybe... I don't know. There might be individual ones we have some questions about. But we're not there yet. Um, you can find this list at our website. It's a simpsonsshow.com. has links to this list and to our Twitter and to our RSS feed and to our Patreon. If you want to help out the show, we'd... Really, really appreciate it. Um, next week's episode, Matt. Bart gets a Z. Miss, Mrs. Krabappel is okay. fired for drinking alcohol on the job thanks to kids in her class spiking her coffee as revenge and replaced with a hip young teacher named Zachary Vaughn. Mm. This episode is, it is written by Matt Selman. Okay. Maybe it's okay. Maybe. Maybe. I don't. I don't, I don't, I, I, I'm trying to keep my expectations low. I think that's safer. Um, but that's next time next week. Don't have to think about it until then. Thank you all for listening and supporting the show. Um, before we go, you can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. My website is Robbie And guess what? Uh, the basically the, as you are listening to this, my new book is out. The other is out now. Go get it. It's a it's the Notebook meets the Exorcist in a battle between eternal evil and 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 and, and everlasting love. It's it's fantastic. You should go get it. You should go check it out. You can read it for free on Kindle Unlimited. You could buy it in print or on Kindle. What's stopping you? Even if you don't like horror novels, give it a shot. Maybe you'll be surprised. Um, links in the show notes. Matt is not surprised. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is correct. I spend all my time trying to get kittens to eat and not poop or poop the appropriate amount. It's, it's basically what I spend all my time doing. But it comes out when I'm done with them. These wonderful little interns that have been training their whole lives to have super fun. Uh, Lewis, our current intern, is a fantastic personal trainer. He wants to be a great physical therapist one day. He's constantly telling me uh, how much he can bench, which is actually twice his body weight, and telling me that I'm not working hard enough. So if you need somebody like that in your life, you can check out the pictures and the descriptions on uh, Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram. You can see just how amazing this cute little kitten is and see really you do need him in your life. Benching twice your body weight is quite an achievement. It's it is, especially for a kid who's only like, you know, three pounds. Well, now you're making it less impressive. That's not that much. <laughs> three pounds is not a lot of weight. I can bet it's three pounds. Uh-huh. <laughs> That'll be it for us today. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And you get what is it that? Shh.